Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're about to hear an episode from Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. It's a podcast where changemakers across generations discuss how we can keep pounding the rock. If you enjoy it, share it with a friend and follow Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series on your podcast app. The situation of environment defenders in the, in the country is It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of what we experienced. Binarel din kami. Pinagbubugbog yung rangers namin. That's Masungi G. Reserve Trustee and co-founder Billy Dumalyang recalling crimes committed against environmentalists. Fighting for our environment puts them in the line of fire, literally. Even in such violent circumstances, they continue their work. We continue to fight for change for a better planet. Chito Gascon dedicated his life to defending democracy and human rights. He had a strong and abiding faith in the power of the youth, in the inevitability of change and reform. It is in that spirit that four organizations come together to create this podcast. Asia Society Philippines, Uma Podcast, Bukas Conversations for Action, and Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led. You are listening to Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. Ako po si Robbie Alampay. In this episode, we invited a panel of young reform advocates who will discuss the seemingly invincible rocks or challenges that we must pound as we continue to fight for our planet and human dignity. Let's start off with this question. What changes in the environment and in fighting for the environment have you experienced and seen firsthand? Let's hear from Attorney Leslie Cordero, a young leader fellow of the Asia Society and senior disaster risk management specialist at the World Bank. I grew up in Cebu, and then I always go back to Surigao and Chargao Island because my father is from there. So early 2000, uh, we go there, and you can see the level na pristine pa yung dagat, wala masyadong tao. Fast forward, uh, now when we travel, uh, recently, 2018 onwards, we see a lot of tourists, and together with the tourists, you see a lot of trash. I visited uh, Shargao Island again because they were struck by Typhoon Odette last December. And nakakawak. When we did some snorkeling, nasira din yung mga corals, di ba? And yung mga fish, mas konti na lang. We also have with us another young leader. She is a director of Exchange Philippines. Exchange is an impact-first investor. The score mission is the creation of value for marginalized communities in the Philippines. 
we have Greg Perez. Greg, what's your firsthand experience when it comes to changes in the environment here in the Philippines? I had the same experience with Boracay. No? We're still confronted by these two kind of tensions, right? Development and moving forward versus taking care of the earth. One of the good things, I think, is that people are more aware now versus before. People are now thinking about what's the carrying capacity of mm. an island, of a tourist spot, right? Rather than just having everybody. That has changed. Leslie, can you share how you're working with government institutions to balance out all of these things? How do you protect our tourist destinations? Greg talked about the carrying capacity. There are engineering interventions as well as other interventions that can be added. So right after the closure of Boracay, Rob, ang ginawa ng DOT in the Tourism Infrastructure Enterprise Zone Authority or TIEZA was to think about ways on how to not just shut down a destination, but how do you start managing the tourism growth and managing the area? So tatlong areas yung uh, destinations ng World Bank. Ito yung Bohol, Siargao, and Siquijor. And then the ADB is taking on Coron, El Nido, and Baguio. And I think with this template, they're hoping that they can be used mm-hmm. in other destinations also. I think Billy can also add uh, to our discussion about tourism and the environment. Can you share insights on how you handle tourism, for example, in, in Masungi? I think in Masungi, um, we introduced this concept of geotourism. Some people think na basta may falls or may mountain that's already ecotourism. So we wanted to introduce a more deliberate kind of tourism, which is geotourism, which enhances the character, the natural character of a place while helping the well-being of the people and communities around it. Meron coming emphasis on quality over quantity. You can't just book or pay for a visit. You need to have the proper mindset and purpose for coming in. It's not just for adventure, it is for awareness. Severely threatened by legal logging and land grabbing. One-on-one, nakakausap namin yung mga tao, nakakausap namin yung kabataan. Kung ano ba yung na-experience ng mga kagubata natin? And of course, no. Uh, how we tell the story of our environment should really have an impact on people because if this were to stay as mere data or gas-gas na kwento, it really will not stir anyone to move anymore. We have Trisha Aquino, and I know Trisha, she's, of course, she's the chief content officer at Puma Podcast. She's overseen production of more than 40 shows since 2019. And before that, she was a reporter at TV5's news website, Interaction. Trisha, can you share some of the things that really stand out for you when you cover the environment? We have done a lot of stories on the risks that our environmental defenders face. We know that they're being red-tagged. We know that they're being killed because they advocate against coal for the sake of quote-unquote progress. And siguro yung isa sa mga pinaka-proud ako na nagawa nating storya sa Puma Podcast ay um, yung ginawa natin last year na three-part na podcast on the ethnobotanist Leonard Ko. And we know that he was killed supposedly uh, in a crossfire between the military and the NPA. And over 10 years ago nang nangyari ito. Pero nung nilabas natin yung storya, may pakiparin yung mga tao at nabuhay yung issue. I, I, I haven't 
listen to it, but I I know someone who was with Leonard that day who survived. Oh my gosh! So I. Sinuto. Yeah. Ito ba yung Forester? Nino, yeah, the Forester. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's a, such a huge topic, and I just want to raise that right now. Um, shots were fired um, to the party of Kaloydi in Bukidnon, including mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. Uh, environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Um, See si Roy and see si David, who is our member, a member of our watershed coalition. Mm-hmm. They're safe, but uh, one datu died oh and several oh were hit. So, mm. oh my God, the situation talaga mm-hmm. of environment defenders in the in the country is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is happening to them. It just reminded me of what we experienced also last year. Yeah. didn't come in. rangers namin. So. Mainstreaming it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of scientists, conservationists, they to share what they found, what the recommendations are. But the key to mm-hmm. that is publicizing what's happening. And that's, that's how mm-hmm. we get more people in the cause. Mm-hmm. And lastly, you, you talked about and you acknowledged kanina, the power of stories. Where can we do a better job telling stories? The creative aspect of bringing in social media and understanding your medium or channel. Because, with the noise uh, and all the platforms that are available, how do you capture the attention of the people? And getting uh, development communication experts and people who are also willing to evolve in terms of their storytelling. People are looking also for authenticity and sometimes pagod na sila sa negative news. No. It's not about not putting what is bad, what is ugly, what is negative out there, but finding also a positive spin towards it. Tell those good stories and find an angle where people would listen. Nico, mm, Trisha, you wanted to chime in. My favorite Facebook and Instagram account these days ay yung Ateneo Wild. And here, they show a photo of a plant or an animal in the Loyola uh, Heights campus, tapos palaging merong cute and friendly and approachable na caption na nagbibigay sa iyo ng scientific information tungkol doon sa species na yun. Na-amaze ako na right in the city merong ganitong species at parang hindi mo naman kailangan palaging ajit or naninigaw, although may moments din na kailangan ganun yung atake mo. Pero pwede rin ganito na gentle and um, if you're from the city, mas poprotektahan mo to at mas pahahalagahan yeah. mo to para hindi kailangan hard sell palagi. Trisha, ikaw, ano ang karanasan mo pagdating sa pagkuha ng impormasyon at datos? Sa tingin ko, lahat ng reporter na experience yung tatawag ka dun sa office, sa government office, tapos pagpapasapasahan ka ng iba't ibang department. So, yun palang ang hirap. Ang hirap kumuha ng data napaka poorly maintained kung meron man nung ating mga data repository sa Pilipinas. Pero ang sasabihin kong pinakasagabal sa pagkuha ng data ay yung actual na threat to the lives of journalists covering uh, environmental issues. Mm, Leslie, you wanted to add something? I remembered a TV5 reporter interviewing me when I was in government. And it was a very sensitive topic kasi ang panong niya, saan napunta yung pera ng Typhoon Yolanda? Ulit-ulit, mm. ba? Because media was already talking about it. And my realization was, no one in government was mentioning kung saan napunta. No one was putting the information out there. So yeah. I started talking to our team and said, 
kailangan natin ma-inventory, di ba? Sino ba ang nag-donate? Saan ba napunta yung pera? And we put it together, ang kwento is, kunyari 17 billion pesos yung dinonate ng lahat ng mga countries who wanted to help. Only 2 billion yung napunta sa government because the rest of the 14 billion nandun sa mga INGOs or NGOs na pinili ng mga donor countries. And the reason, okay. they didn't trust that the government yeah. will bring the money to the beneficiaries. That's another story. Yeah. But the main story is, there has to be someone who would be forced to inform the public. Diba? So on flip side ngayon, fast forward, eight years after Typhoon Yolanda, my advocacy now is teaching COVID. local government units to also give premium to communication. Diba? Yeah, but people forget na kailangan you put an information officer out there who will reach out diba? to the reporters, to social media, para ma-amplify yung kwento. And, That's a good point. And then, mm. kailangan natin sila i-push, especially the senior officials, takot sila yes. sa media. So, mm. if we spare some funding, grant, or maybe an organization, uh, reporters, or group of uh, media practitioners, who can be patient and teach government uh, a way of storytelling na hindi lang propaganda. Billy, can you tell us about how you train your people to tell the story of Masungi? How much do you invest in storytelling itself? Una-una yung scientific studies. Talagang we have, we engage scientists to study ano ba yung mga puno dito sa nakakita dito. Saka namin binibuild yung spear and um, building the spear and training the rangers takes a lot of time. It could take uh, three months to change the spear. Mm. Uh, in terms of developing it. <laughs> Getting feedback. <laughs> and that's something that we do need to change because it's been five years since we opened and I think we mm-hmm. have the same spear for the rangers. So, medyo paulit-ulit. Billy, can you tell us more about the impact and the importance of people seeing and feeling and being part of the stories while they're surrounded by nature? Yeah, that's very important. You can't protect what you don't love. And of course, not everybody is a scientist. Not everybody is a daytime conservationist, right? So important new stories of hope and like even just cute animals. Or second, yung mga reports namin of violence. We also use that data to fight for the protection because if you quarry Masumi, a whole subspecies of snail will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yun, um, it's how, not just how you tell the data, but how you use the data to further mm-hmm. kung ano yung gusto mong mangyari. We talked about these stories, both light and dark light, about the biodiversity at, in, in campuses, um, people bird watching, where they could travel, you could say, is part of that. And then there are also the dark stories, the deaths, the threats, the harassments of environmentalists. So let me bring it back to Leslie and Greg. What has moved forward in striking the balance between keeping our environmental defenders safe and at the same time, allowing and maybe even pushing forward with development projects that will have environmental impacts. 
So World Bank, what we do is uh, in the projects, sometimes especially yung mga infra projects uh, that will have impact sa community, ang daming environmental safety nets and the consultation, uh, having that convening power to bring people to the table and talk. And mm-hmm. we have seen this uh, being done, but with this, I think, administration, we had a different experience, but we still try. Uh, my level of pushback on certain things because sometimes some agencies would be very straightforward in saying, this is what we want, take it or leave it, right? But as the lender, uh, having the money, our specialists, environment and, and social uh, safeguards team would say, oops, we need to take a step back. We need to consult the people who will be affected. Have we uh, taken efforts in talking to them? Mm, and obviously, the private sector is one key partner here. Greg, how do investors and the private sector position themselves in this scenario? You know, business is about generating a surplus, right? It mm. was about profits. And that has led us down this unsustainable path of an extractive economy and people killing you know, this violence because they want to protect these assets so that uh, they continue to earn from it and extract whatever they can from it. And that's why many of our progressive laws, I guess, that were good in intention um, have not really progressed because at every turn, those with vested interests are blocking the way. Your organization, Exchange, is an impact first investor. But <laughs> but what does that mean? What's an impact investor? We're on the impact first, meaning out of our investment will come social returns. That the enterprise baked into their business model are solving a specific social problem. It can be access to energy. It can be um, education, democratizing education. Um, it can be renewable energy. There are many different ways why you would get into impact investing. One is because it might be that you are an entrepreneur yourself. If you are, first of all, a believer in that power of entrepreneurship to bring about innovation and not just incremental change, but to leapfrog, you know, really change systems. Because entrepreneurship is also bringing different stakeholders together. Mm, And can you share a a specific example of how you do impact-first ventures, Greg? I was speaking recently with someone who was looking at the Marikina shoe industry. Our cobblers are older. Their kids don't want to get into the craft. So we create models, not just business models, but sustainable models, so that the people Hmm. stay, the people uh, can earn decently and want to get into work that is fulfilling. But Hmm. we also have to address the economic side of yeah. it. How do mm. we do that? And, you know, yeah. with investments, and, just want to share, you know, this concept of also of blended finance, right? So definitely impact investing, that's not a silver bullet and we have to work together. So um, we need to bring in more capital and grant money is a form of capital. So it can be a combination of grant and then investors, you know, the government, some kind of subsidy so that then it becomes more sustainable. And you're right, diba? Parang all you need is one model. I remember having this conversation with a friend precisely along these same lines. Na parang kawawa naman ang mga farmers when the children of the farmers don't want to become farmers. And therefore, how do we convince them? I think the answer is somewhere in your statement. It's not that I don't want my children to be farmers. 
if I were aware of the model, I might want them to be farmers. I mean, why not? There are many things that we want to change, and that's why we're talking about all these in our podcast with these young leaders from different fields, pounding on the rock of threats to our country and the planet. Knowing what you know now, and still not knowing some things, what do you say to the young people especially? Kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, ano? Leslie? I just need to do the ordinary things extraordinarily well. And I need to do my part to continue pushing government, uh, working closely with government, the different stakeholders like NGOs, uh, academia, uh, communities, and mm-hmm. private sector to look at innovative ways of doing it and to be consistent. Doing your own things towards a common goal makes a difference. Mm, and you, Trisha? Related to that, Um, para sa akin, kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, kailangan magpakatao ka. Kailangan mong mag-seek ng connections to go out there and, again, have conversations like this one. Um, meet people where they are and to form bonds. And kung aware ka tungkol sa isang bagay, mas pahahalagahan mo siya, um, mas poprotektahan mo siya, and mas ipaglalaban mo siya. So, yon let's seek this connections, and be human. Billy? Kung gusto mo lang pagbabago, maghanap ka ng huwaran. So this goes out to all the listeners natin na um, kung gusto mong mahanap kung paano ka magkocontribute sa mga problema sa kalikasan. Greg, kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, ano dapat? Continue to be vigilant, to seek opportunities, to do an honest audit On our own lives, one of the hardest things is to change the minds of people in your own backyard. And we go back to that story of Chito Gascon, the one that he liked so much. When we see that the rock is not breaking, it's important to keep hoping and keep pounding as no single strike is ever a waste. Maliit man ang natipak o malaki, especially if it's for our one and only blue planet. At yan po ang ating fourth episode ng Kung Gusto Mo ng Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. If you like what you heard, share this podcast with a friend whom you think would appreciate this conversation as well. This is a podcast by Asia Society Philippines, Puma Podcast, Bukas Conversations for Action, and Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led. If you want to hear Our full conversation, you can go to Asia Society Philippines on Facebook and you can watch the video there. Muli, ako po si Robbie Alampay. Thank you again to our guests, Billy Dumalyang, Asia Society Young Fellows Attorney Leslie Cordero and Greg Perez, and Puma Podcast's own Trisha Aquino. If you enjoyed this conversation, you might also be interested in another podcast we created, Leonard Ko. A Taxonomy of Justice. Trisha Aquino produced this with Puma Podcast. It is about, of course, our late, great botanist, Leonard Ko, who was killed in the course of trying to protect the environment, trying to promote the stories of our nation. 
This episode of Kung Gusto Mo ng Pagbabago, the Chito Cascon Leadership Series, was written by Faith Navarro. It was edited by Joe Salcedo, with additional support from Kit Magtoto. We are grateful to the family, of course, of Mr. Gascon for allowing us to use his name and to honor and celebrate all that he stood for. Maraming salamat. Thank you.